another one. You get two minus. Catch me outside. How about that? You are now listening to Random Healthish. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Random Health-ish. I am so excited today because today we have LaQuinn Chapman, and he is going to be going over all things about hair, okay? So he's going to be telling us what not to do and what we need to be doing to ensure that our hair is healthy and is growing and is strong and long. <laughs> so without further ado, please join me in welcoming Mr. LaQuinn Chapman. Hello. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and just kind of blessing us with your, you know, extensive knowledge on, on hair care. Uh, so before we get started, just kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do. Perfect. Um, well, before I even get started, thank you for inviting me. This is very exciting for me. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, well, you already said my name. I'm LaQuinn Chapman. I am a licensed hairstylist and a licensed instructor. So I do teach in a cosmetology school. Right now I'm teaching at Paul Mitchell, the school, Delaware. Outside of the school, I work behind the chair. I own a company called OKP Cosmetics. And with OKP Cosmetics, I literally created um, three products. I have a rose water, a lavender water, and then I also have a healing shea butter. So I don't like to just call it shea butter because of the ingredients. It's not just like your basic whipped shea, where it's just shea and oil. Um, and then we can talk about that a little bit also throughout the interview. Um, I do a lot of set work now. So I've been really entering the world of like print work, photo shooting, um, campaigns. So that's currently my new venture. I've been doing that for about, I would say about two years now, almost. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about me, about what I do for the most part. Yes. Okay. So um, you are also located in uh, Wilmington. Your salon is located in Wilmington. Yes. Okay. Yes. I currently work at Salon Blondie as a booth runner. So um, you would just have to go through my booking site to book me. It's kind of hard to get us on the phone because we're all always working. But yep, Salon Blondie in Wilmington, Delaware. Come all see right, me. Guys, that's 641 West Newport Pike in Wilmington, Delaware, you guys, for everyone that's listening and not viewing today. Um, so, okay, let's just kind of dive right into it, LaQueen. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see uh, walk into your salon? What are people doing to their hair? Okay. Um, so in the salon currently, I do a lot of customers who are natural hair, but want to mm -hmm. be so pressed and a lot of color work also. So the biggest issue that I see with that specific clientele is over manipulation because a lot of times women go home and they may not be able to recreate the silk press. So then they'll start going into natural styling, which is in bed, but they kind of skip some of the steps in between like shampooing. Some people think too highly of co-washing because I'm not against co-washing. They just don't co-wash when it's necessary to co-wash. Sometimes you need to do that full shampoo, but a lot of times it's over manipulation, um, high heat when they do soak press their own hair and lack of conditioning treatments. People come to the salon all the time to get styled and never get conditioned. Mm. 
So I know uh, when I go to the hair salon and uh, I get a deep condition, uh, she always recommends uh, getting my hair steamed. So mm -hmm. doing steam treatment. So how do you feel about that? I love the steam treatment. I pretty much, I almost use my steamer for everything. So even when I do like a color treatment, if your hair is extra dry, I normally put my color treatment under the steamer outside of like lightener. So if you're doing like an all over color or something of that nature or a toning service, I'll put you under the steamer. Definitely all my conditioning treatments go under the steamer without question. So just to give you a little explanation of the difference between like the steamer and the dryer, because I know, you know, the steamer is still fairly new for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. The dryer is just a dry heat way. So remember back in the day, we will put you under the dryer. We will put a cap over your head. The cap was so that the dryer wouldn't completely dry your hair and that the conditioner could stay moist in the hair while it was working. The steamer is giving you that moisture the whole time. So your hair is composed of protein and moisture to make, to simplify it. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a balance. I like say you're getting a protein treatment by me putting you under the steamer. You're now getting that direct water. Water is your ultimate source of hydration. So yeah. the steamer is giving you that directly while you're getting that protein or any other treatment, whatever your treatment is for, it's keeping your hair hydrated the entire time. So it helps keep a balance without us trying to force it with a plastic cap. Mm, okay. <laughs> I love that because I know that um, once I got color in my hair, you know, you have to take like extra care of your hair because yes. for me, you know, I am natural, but I felt like it completely like I just feel like my ends were like fried. You know yes. what I mean? And so and I try all these different products and it's like, you know, none of the products work. And so now and now that my hair is longer, I'm having to just kind of figure out what works best for my hair. And I think that's yes. a big mistake that some people make because, you know, we always ask our friends, well, you know, what product do you use on your hair? And everything that everything isn't for everybody, you know, so what's working for your hair? It may not work for my hair. We got we yes. may have, different, you know, grays, grays of hair. So, yes. And you know what? Um Speaking of that, since um, I forgot to say, lack of trims also. So sometimes we'll get like a lot of shedding or we're like, why is my hair feel like it's breaking off? It's so much in the brush all the time. And a lot of, especially natural women, nothing against the girls, because I don't want to feel like them to feel like I'm coming at them. But, you know, we want length retention. But the mm -hmm. best way to retain length is to get rid of your split ends because they'll split to your roots. So mm -hmm. I always explain it to people like this. One, you'll get more hair, technically, if it's splitting, because now you'll have two strands, but you're going to have two weak strands. Right. So they're more pro it's more prone to fall out. Yeah. So the lack of trims. A lot of times when I do a color service on my customers... I almost don't do it unless they're going to get a trim that day. And I'm not saying you have to get like a deep haircut where you're cutting a few inches off, but just to be safe, because we are doing a chemical process, I mm -hmm. want to make sure any dead ends that may have gotten, you know, anything I may have killed technically from yeah. that service, I want to make sure I dust it right off so yeah. it doesn't affect the rest of your hair. So trimming is like a huge thing that a lot of women leave out of the salon because they are worried more about the length than healthy length. Mm, that's true. Now, okay, I'm so glad you brought that up. So how often do you recommend we get our hair trimmed? So the general rule of thumb would be like every two months. Okay. I don't go by that rule of thumb. That's more so I will put that on a person who wants to maintain a length. So if you're like a person that's like, I love my bob, I want to mm -hmm. keep it for a while. Every two months, let's come in, let's make sure your bob stays clean. It doesn't get too long. Cause you know, bobs, they hit the shoulder, then they start doing this duck butt. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I literally try to play it by visual. I'm, I'm a big person to say, I like your hair to talk to me. And what I mean when I say that is I like to feel it. I like to see it. I like to ask you questions. Has it been shedding a lot? What's going on? You know what I mean? And I let the hair determine if it's time to be trimmed. And obviously, if I'm looking at it and I see a lot of hair that needs to get trimmed, I'm going to say, I recommend a trim today. Right. But I kind of, especially if you're growing your hair, I'm not going to put you to the two-month rule. I normally say less than six months, up between like between two months to like four to five months. Yeah. Just to get a trim. And then that way you can normally stay within like that half an inch to a quarter of an inch dusting where it's not too much getting cut off, but you're keeping it healthy and allowing to retain it. So that's always the words I use. We're, we're, we're focused on retention. So as the hair grows, obviously the hair on the ends has been flat ironed. It has been combed, brushed a thousand times. It's been washed a million times, all types of products. So it tends to the cuticles more open. Yes. So if we want to retain that length, we need to get rid of the dead things and then hold on to what's still healthy. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because uh, my friend went to this lady in Atlanta, you know, you're... <laughs> and the lady told her she need to get her ends trimmed every six weeks. And I was mm. like, that's a little bit too uh, recent. I was like, she's going to be cutting off basically any type of new growth that you have. She's going to be chopping it off. Yes. No, so, I don't know. That was kind of weird to me. So. Just to give you, because I know you're a doctor, so let's give you a little <laughs> science behind it. The average body, this isn't for everybody, but the average person grows about a half an inch a month. Mm -hmm. So you may be cutting off a half an inch, but you're retaining a half an inch because mm -hmm. if you're going by the two-month rule. So imagine if you're keeping your hair in good condition and you're able to push that trim out four months. So in this case, you're saving an inch and a half, but you're only cutting off a half inch. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the average person, a half an inch a month. And that's how I always explain it to my customers so that you, I'm like, yes, I'm taking off some, but you gained a whole inch. I took off a half. Yeah. So you gained a half an inch ultimately. But we already we already tortured that piece on the ends. It's like dead friends. Like sometimes it's not that it's a bad situation, but you just got to let it go. Yeah. And that's what you got to do sometimes with the hair. Yeah. And another thing I noticed, too, and I don't have one um, in front of me, <clears throat> but I noticed that those hair ties, those black mm -hmm. Uh, hair ties, uh, even without the metal piece on them, are break. They were like breaking my hair off, and my hair is like really, really soft. And so I had to kind of go back to like wearing like scrunchies. So I bought mm -hmm. like satin scrunchies and stuff like that to be able to put my hair in a ball. But I, I think um, with manipulate, like you mentioned, manipulating, uh, using those tight rubber bands and mm -hmm. things like that, and um just it's just really damaging our hair in a way that sometimes when you do go for that trim you may have to go and get a full hair yeah. <laughs> i will say um so specifically because i know especially in the natural hair community, i'm not even going to say in the natural hair community because i know a lot of people with straight wavy hair some days you just got to pull it up so they have i call them phone cord hair ties because they're like, they have that old yeah. school ripple. Those are very soft on the hair, but they give you a good tension. And because of those bends in the hair, it has a better grip. So you don't have to twist it around three or four times in order to get a good hold. I always tell people, if you do want a tighter ponytail, do it the way a stylist would do it. So put two bobby pins or a hairpin, depending on your hair texture, on either side of that. And then once you pull it up, take the first pin and just put it in there. It's not going to be tight and then wrap it two or three times and then just crisscross them like an X and that'll hold it. So that's a soft way of doing it. 
scrunchies, like you said, are always a great way. And then now they have the drawstrings. So you can literally put it around your head, hold it up, and then you can pull a drawstring. And that'll give you the control that you need. And it'll also aid in, I'm sorry, I'm jacking my hair up. It'll also <laughs> smooth, <laughs> it'll smooth out your hair a little bit for you. So those are some great ways if you need to do a quick ponytail to, you know, make sure it's not too much tension because tension alopecia is fairly new. So a lot of people don't know about it because the weave and wig world, braiding, all of those things, braiding obviously has been super popular for a while, but now it's being talked about more how, you know, you'll get a weave. Yeah, your braids may not be tight, but time by, by the time they sew it on there, it's pulling, you know, braids. I remember back in the day, people used to be like, can you braid it tight? I want it to last. Well, braiding it tight is probably going to make it fall out faster yes. than it's going to make it last. So, you know, making sure that, yes, you do want it to be tight. You do want it to last, but you don't want it to be hair bumps all right. around. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to take my edges out. <laughs> you don't want to take your edges out. So tension alopecia is something I tell people now to really research and look into because it's a newer form of alopecia because of the services we're doing with a lot of manipulation. So it's all of that tight pulling and everything. And it's something that it's really, it sucks, but you see it a lot in children, like parents that really don't know what to do with their children's hair. They'll braid it up all the time. But by the time they're 12, 13, like you said, your edges are balding. Mm -hmm. You have balding up here and the nape of the neck. And a lot of times in the middle of the head because mm -hmm. of all that tension being pulled onto their hair. So tension alopecia is real. You don't want things to be too tight. And I always say, sometimes your stylist doesn't know because we deal with so many different people, you know, let them know. Your stylist never purposely wants to harm you. So yeah. just say, hey, that's a little tight. Can we do that braid over? Can you loosen up right there? Sometimes I tell my clients, like, I need the grip for whatever we're doing because especially mm -hmm. around the front. So yeah. I'll tell them, put your finger here. That way I'm not able to really grip too tight or pull at the actual scalp too much because yeah. scalp care is going to be your number one thing so like what are some signs to look for that they may be experiencing um that alopecia when people take out their braids um i always say if you're you're going to shed because mm -hmm. it's been in a braid for a while you're looking for long strands of hair so if you have normal shedding where it's just like little flakes of hair that are coming out that's that hair that you would have lost every day if it wasn't braided up. But if you're having a full strand of hair come out at a time, that's a sign. Hair bumps. When you get your hair braided, a sew-in, any, anything of that nature, you'll see the bumps. That's a sign that it needs to come out. Putting oil in topical treatments is going to soothe it. It's going to give it like a cooling sensation, but it's not going to stop the damage that it's actually doing. It's just going to make it a more comfortable damaging situ situation. Um when people are getting wigs and closures and all of those things, I always say, you know, talk to your stylist. Like a lot of times we wanted to mimic our real hairline, but you need to bring it right in front of it. So just making sure that, you know, they're molding your hair down first, putting some type of, it doesn't have to be a Sanex strip necessarily. It can be the bald cap that matches your skin complexion, but making sure that it's right in front of your hairline and that they're placing the glue right in front of your hairline, putting some type of skin protectant on you before they go ahead and glue that down. And I'm a big person with saying, go back to that stylist to get it removed. That is the best way. A lot of times there are so many things on the market that you have access to, but I'm a firm believer and stick to the system. If I use babe hair extensions to put tape in your hair, I'm going to use their tape remover. They've mm -hmm. already tested it to be true to what it's supposed to do. So stick to the system. Don't go um, get your hair done with Ghost Bond and then use a different brand to remove it. 
because whatever they use scientifically to break down that glue holding bond is what you want on your hair before they remove it. Because if not, you could be for a good example, because that's going to just pull your hair out. Babe has an express tape and they have a regular tape in one uses an alcohol remover, one uses the oil based remover. So if you use the alcohol remover on the one that was meant for the oil base, what you're actually tightening the glue. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. all of those things play a part. So I always say, make sure you go to that professional to get it removed. If you're removing braids, make sure that you're using the rat tail part of your comb to remove them. It may take a little bit longer, but by you doing that, you're also able to loosen up that little bit of dirt that's normally there instead of combing at it. And then you're pulling strands of hair out at a time. So, you know, just being really cautious with everything you're doing. And like I said, if you can, I know everybody's budget is different. Go back to that same professional that put it in and allow them to remove it because they should know the proper technique to handle that. Yeah. I remember a lady, uh, I got a sew in and she braided my hair so tight. It was, I had a headache. My head was hurting. Like I had to take it out the same day. That's how tight. Mm. Like that. It was just, I couldn't. I just couldn't function. You know, you know something is tight when you can't you can't think straight. Yes. Now you can't do anything. And I was like, no, like I can't, I can't do this. Mm-mm. Believe yeah. it or not, I'm super tender headed. <laughs> and D thinks it's so funny because I literally won't pull my hair up in a ponytail. And if you remember in the salon, I used to always wear my hair curly. Mm-hmm. It's never, I always tell people, you'll never see my hair braided or anything like that because I know it's so tender. So as you know your person. That's tender headed, not saying you specifically, because sometimes people just be too tight. But if your head is sensitive, listen to your head, because anything that gives you that headache feeling or is super tight like that, tension alopecia is definitely about to be your best friend. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, we are seeing a lot of a lot of people wearing wigs now. So um, what do you think about all these different types of glues and all these different, you know, methods and stuff that people are using? What what would you say is the best method? Like if somebody was, which I probably wouldn't recommend you install it yourself if you don't know what you're doing. But if you were, like, what are what is the best method to um, do a week install? Um, the best method, see. Right now, I've been really hype over, like, ghost bond glue. A lot of people have been seeing that. Um, Honestly, the install, if you're doing it yourself or having someone do it, just make sure it's in front of your hairline. Do not put that glue on your hair. I don't care about the adhesive remover, what it may may say it can do. Just don't put it on your hair at all. That's always the number one bet. Um, If you're doing a great job at it and it's looking beautiful and everything, there is no real method because I feel like... In this industry, you can get the same result a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not (laughs) going to say there's a specific method that is the best method. I just say make sure you follow. I'm a big firm believer on following manufacturer instructions. Mm -hmm. That is me all the way. So if you, for example, use Ghost Bond Glue, follow the instructions that it tells you. If it doesn't tell you to blow dry it, don't blow dry it. If it says wait a minute or two, wait that minute or two. You know what I mean? Follow those instructions because for whatever reason, they put those instructions there. And, you know, now that I'm in product creation myself, 
I really understand the testing that manufacturers do. Like it took me two years to create a whipped shea butter. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I wanted to make sure that my active ingredients were really active. The benefits that I wanted from them were really working. I had to try it on multiple people on myself, you know, so trust that they really went through the necessary steps to really test that product. The removal that they recommend, follow those removal steps to the T. Don't question it. So that would be the one thing I would say. And then two, in between those wigs or weaves, whatever you're doing, make sure you allow your hair to breathe. I literally, when I do sew-ins on my customers, I'm like, I'm going to ignore you for two weeks unless you just come in here for like a treatment or like, a, you know, you're, to get your own hair styled. Let your hair breathe. If you're using it as a method of protective styling, remember your hair still needs air it still needs to breathe it needs sunlight some you know what i mean all free radicals <laughs> aren't bad so you know make sure that you're allowing your hair to breathe and you're not constantly covering it like i said earlier scalp care is the most important if your scalp can't breathe then you're missing out on everything that your hair needs if your hair is constantly braided your natural scalp oils aren't able to get through the entire hair strand mm -hmm. so that is one of my biggest things with people a lot of times they experience different alopecias and different hair problems especially like wig wears now because it's such a normal thing to be like no i'm just gonna rock my wig mm -hmm. i'm gonna get it taken out a few days later i'm gonna get it put right back in or maybe even the same day no let that hair breathe yeah and i um i noticed too when I was trying to get into the wig thing and I just know like when I would put the combs here, it would mm -hmm. just feel like it was just kind of pulling on my real hair. So I would never, you know, really wear it more than like a couple days because I'm like, I don't want to take my hair out. <laughs> yeah. When I have people do it at home, like I have a friend that comes in all the time and she's also a licensed cosmetologist. So she knows a little bit more than the average person would, but my favorite method um, one, if you don't want it to be like a permanent connection to your head, have your stylist put a band into it. They can put a band in the back. It's going to make sure that it's not too big and it's not too small. It's going to be nice and fitted. You should be able to just pull it on your head and it should just lay. The only extra thing you may have to do is add makeup to your lace or put your bald cap on to make sure that it's matching your skin. Um, my friend, we always sew her wig down. So I sew it down and then I use, you know, styling methods in the aspect of holding it. So kind of cheating with what you know. So that's when you would use like a gel or like the got to be spray. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people this is a daily thing. Even though it may last for a few days, technically, I still want you to take a cotton ball with some water, rub it down. Yes, you may have to high comb that thing again, but mm -hmm. it's not your hair. So we're not worried about that. But that way that product isn't sticking to your face. It's not sticking to your hair if you don't have it pulled up enough. Cause you know, sometimes they grow back. I get it, mm -hmm. you know, but making sure that you are literally removing that adhesive on a daily basis now this wouldn't work with glue but for the person that has to restyle and do it at home themselves i would definitely say use like the got to be glue or the hairspray honestly when i'm on set sometimes i don't even have that so i just use a firm hold hairspray and a cool shot so don't hot shot your hair cool yeah. shots are going to make it dry it's going to give it lots of tech and like i said just some water a cotton swab Rub that bad boy off every day. Go to sleep. Wake up the next morning. Just respray and apply. Mm, that's smart. <laughs> it's a little bit of extra work. And I know sometimes yeah. you're rushing and you don't have the time. But that's going to be the healthiest thing to do, honestly, for your skin and your hair. Because if it's fresh, then it's in front of your hairline. So 
I know an esthetician probably has the same issues I have. We're worried about hair loss. They're worried about skin issues. Yeah. So, you know, you're putting these products on your face ultimately. So you want to make sure you're removing them just like you would daily remove your makeup. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about these new extensions that people are doing. What's the thing? I don't know what it's called, but it looks like they're like stapling the weave to the hair or something like you know what <laughs> the I'm, beaded you extensions. Know what <laughs> so they have two different methods that have become really popular. They've actually been around for a while. Yep, I've actually seen a lot of white women wearing them mm -hmm. years ago. Yes. So yeah. the newest thing is they have companies now that have more textured hair. So we're getting more cultured people, I'm going to say, to get these extensions. So like you'll see like the braid with someone that is literally a bead that is just connected to a small part of your hair. And then it's just clamped mm. and that's it. So the main thing that you want to be concerned with is making sure it's not all the way to the root. It should be just a slight bit up from the root. Mm -hmm. So that's one extension where people get micro beads. Um, same method, but a lot of people, if they want more fullness, they'll do the braid with sewing, which uses the beaded technique all over, and then you sew through the beads. Oh, um, okay. And then the final technique that I see more people getting into is the fusions. So that's when you're using a keratin bond and you're mm -hmm. melting it down on the hair. And all of those methods are honestly healthy. The main thing is just making sure that they're removed properly. There's a certain tool to remove the keratin bond. Normally, only professionals have access to that tool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say just go back to them to get it. And then keep in mind for these new methods, if you're a person that's like, I'm not good with my hair, go with what you know. If a sew-in normally keeps it so that you can keep your hair healthy, stick to the sew-in. Because all of these methods still are a blending method. So it's adding more fullness and length to your hair, but your hair is completely exposed. So if you know with hair textures, you like to flat iron it every day. Now you're going to be flat ironing your real hair every day also mm -hmm. and not just the weave. Mm -hmm. So great for people who are great with their own hair care already or great with styling their hair already. I would say you're a candidate for that. But if you're a person that's like, I really am not good with my hair. I really don't know what to do with it. You're going to be frustrated. And there's, those services cost like $1,000. <laughs> That's me. You see me bun every day. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not mad. I have some clients that come like every two, every week to two weeks just because they're like, Quinn, I don't know what it is. I can, I am not good at shampooing and blow drying my hair. And it's a lot of business women that you deal with. And I understand appearance is important. So I, if you know you, stick with what you know and do what works best around that. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, like natural uh, hair care. So I was looking into getting a diva cut. Okay. What is your opinion on diva cuts? Um, and do you recommend that? Do you so you know, they cut the hair when it's dry. Mm hmm. So do you think that that is a good way, a good method versus, you know, some people, they blow dry it out and then trim it versus if your natural hair with diva cut, they cut it while it's in its naturally curly state. Yes. So what do you think about that? So honestly, I'm, I'm not against the diva cut. They also have another method that they call Carlista. And then there's one other one, but I can't remember the name of it, where it's all focused around the shape. So I'm going to say it's really just dependent on your lifestyle and how you like to wear your hair. I say diva cutting, Carlista cutting, all these curly cutting methods are for that truly committed curly girl. Like she may blow out her hair once or twice a year, mm -hmm. but for the most part, she is 100%. I love my fro. That's going to give you the best 
shaping for how you like to wear your hair according to how those curls are naturally falling and it's great because it's so customized a lot of times we have multiple different curl patterns in our head so we're able to stretch and see how that curl is going to bounce back and what it's doing before we cut it so instead of blowing it out and cutting it that's going to give you a good shape that's going to be versatile for if you do want to wear a blowout and have it straightened because if you cut the hair curly and then straighten it it's going to look like somebody gave you <laughs> up haircut. it's going to be crazy layered you know but that's why a lot of times we would blow out the hair and straighten it because a lot of customers will get a silk press and it would be flipped because curly hair wasn't trending literally just like five ten years ago yeah. <laughs> so you know, for that person that wanted to wear it curly every now and then, we would straighten it because we knew we wanted it to look good curly and straight. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not against it. The reason why they cut it dry is because they want you to come with how you would wear it. So I always tell my customer when I do a curly cut, come style the way you will regularly style your hair every day. So if you like that side part, it nice and big, you know, and then let me see the shape that you want from there. So I can see how your hair is naturally going to be sitting and it's already in with the products that you normally would use. Of course, I'm going to wash it and style it afterwards, but then that way it's already sitting the way that you would naturally style it yourself. And so we will cut it off of that. And sometimes they do do it wet and dry. So Depending on the hair type, what like if it's fine, medium, or coarse, I may start wet just because I want to get the main perimeter shape in. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably go in and diffuse it. But if you come in already curly, I'll cut the inside and get those layers in good. And then I'll cut the perimeter wet. So it's a few different ways that you can attack it depending on the person. But I think those are beautiful haircuts and it it really complements the curls. So yeah, it looks so pretty. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I always just tell people don't get caught up in the imagery. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with like diva, I'm going to use diva curl since that was specifically what you said. Diva curl has that true curl. So a lot of people look at that true curl and think the diva cut's going to give them that nice ringlet curl but that person already has that yeah and if you're kinky you can still get a diva cut but just understand don't look at that picture make sure you're Mm -hmm. looking at kinky girl pictures when you come in because they're going to shape you that way and then your hair is going to shrink away so you know making sure that you're being realistic on what your hair is really going to do and talking to your stylist. Now, if you're a curly girl that's kinky, but you ride set your hair all the time while you're watching something on Netflix, <laughs> you know, have them ride set it and cut it because that's really how you're really going to wear it mm-hmm. and maintain it. So I just always say, make sure that person that you're going to is giving you a very detailed consultation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was one thing that um, attracted uh, me to that that style Uh, let's kind of dive a little bit into color so you know oh they want color but they want to jump like 50 shades you know they want they have jet black hair but they want platinum blonde so let's talk a little bit about that like what are some things that you kind of see in your salon so one i'm going to start with do not do it yourself it's more costly for us to fix it yeah. Then for us to do it from the beginning. So if you have virgin hair, don't grab that Keisha Cole box because <laughs> she's platinum on it. Because most likely you're going to be orange. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, they actually like box color is a residual dye. So the more you use it, it builds up because it's metallic. Mm-hmm. So it's a metallic salt. 
so it doesn't come out the hair easily. And every time that metallic salt touches the previous metallic salt, it actually gets darker. So if you've ever seen that girl with like a beautiful red at the top, but then her ends are like black, it's because one, she ain't following the instructions because the instructions told you to only put it on the roots. And a lot of people <laughs> put it over the whole head every single time. You know what I mean? But outside of the box color, I'm just going to say, if you're naturally dark, just understand it's going to take a few sessions. It's best to go to that person, to a stylist right from the jump if your hair is virgin, because we can handle everything right from there. And that's going to give you your best lightning. If you put mm -hmm. something on your hair first, now we have to remove that and then get to the lightning. So we're actually putting more damage to your hair than what we would have done if we had just did it from the jump ourselves. So different products, we use ammonia, they use metallic salts. Well, ammonia or MEA, depending on the product line that that stylist is using. Um, and then just be prepared. I, I force my customers to have a regimen with me. So if you're talking to me about color, first of all, it's a consultation that you have to do first. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that your hair is ready for color. I will tell you if you need treatments, cuts, anything beforehand. And with my color pricing, I already I don't even give the customer an option. You're getting a treatment. <laughs> you may not need the cut. I prefer to give you a trim afterwards, and I'm going to tell you, but you're definitely getting a treatment. I use buffers in it, and if you're like somebody whose hair may be a little bit more, it's just able to get colored, I'm probably going to add a little bit of my shea butter in it because it has aloe and things in there just to give it a little bit more of a buffer to it. But, you know, make sure that your stylist is knowledgeable. Look at their work first. You know what I mean? Hopefully you're going to someone who's honest. Maybe they do a lot of silk pressing and they're not going to color and they'll say, you know what? Go to LaQuinn for color or go to this person. You know what I mean? But just understand if you want to go from a dark level to platinum, you have to go through all the levels of lift. So think about how they used to tell you black is a reflection of all the colors. So you have to go from black. Then you have to go through the violets, the reds, the oranges, and then you get to the yellow, which is where you need to be before you're really like in a platinum family. So you have to remove all of that color out first before you get there. And that's not going to happen in one session. I normally tell people at least three to four sessions. And if it happens in two, hey, you know, <laughs> I just wowed you. <laughs> you know, but I we train, like when I'm in a school, I train the students to under promise and over deliver mm -hmm. so just be prepared to go through a few sessions be prepared to be coppery you know go through those stages of lift and they can tone out the unwanted tones that you see but it's a lightning system that you have to go through to healthfully get there now you mentioned uh shape using shea butter in your products some i had a hairstylist tell me that shea butter was not good um for my hair but for me thicker creams is what mm -hmm you know, helps my hair or makes my hair not feel dry. Like when I buy store-bought stuff, it's just not, it doesn't really work for me. So yeah. I need like a thicker cream. So is shea butter, is it, um, you know, really good for your hair or is there like a certain way you have to do your shea butter or? That's a, um that's really a great question. I'm glad you asked it. So <laughs> it's really going to, have you heard them talk about porosity before? Yes. So someone with low porosity, I would never say use shea butter. So if your hair is not finer, it may be more on the low porosity side, which means it, the cuticle is more closed. Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen is that shea butter is mainly sitting on top of your cuticle. Now, this isn't for every fine hair person. I'm just using mm -hmm. the general rule of thumb. Yeah. Someone with coarser hair normally has a more open cuticle. Mm -hmm. 
So the shea butter is going to help mold that cuticle down and whatever additional things like people put different oils and stuff in there is going to be able to actually get inside of it. So the way that your hair porosity works, a lot of people who have low porosity, the hair is going to absorb what it needs and everything else is just going to sit on top of it. Mm -hmm. Someone with higher porosity, the hair is it's already open. So it's going to suck in everything so shea butter is great for a high porosity person because while it's getting giving the hair what it needs it's also aiding and closing the cuticle down and allowing it to hold it so shea butter is not necessarily a bad thing for the hair and not always just a good thing for the hair so it's dependent on what they whip it with i would never tell somebody just go grab some raw shea butter and put it in your hair right Even my <laughs> products from my research raw shea butter we always want to grab the most purest form of everything but we never really know what that purity means mm -hmm. so a refined shea butter yes it's white but it's losing its color because we're getting rid of the bad things in it for mm -hmm. lack of better words <laughs> so i'm going to use aloe because my product has aloe in it a lot of people i see make aloe gels and everything and it's really easy you cut it open you blend it you have a gel yeah but they don't know about the negative effects of aloe so when i use my aloe i cut it open and i let it i literally let it sit in water for like two days that mm -hmm. water be jet red <laughs> if i could use the word jet before red but yeah. like you're pulling all of the poisonous product properties out of it so just like humans fight to protect themselves dogs bite plants also have a protective factor to them also mm -hmm. so you want to remove that so that you're only getting the health benefits of it so the same with shea butter when you're getting refined shea butter all those negative benefits in there are already removed and it's only left with the good properties that you want from the shea butter so i would say that making sure you're whipping it with something oils aren't good enough shea butter cocoa butter oils those are great for closing the cuticle but a lot of times it's hard to get them in the cuticle mm -hmm. so that's why i use like aloe rose water and my product things of that nature because rose water is going to keep the hair hydrated you know what i mean rose water is also great for your scalp if you're dealing with like eczema or dandruff mm -hmm. you know what i mean honestly the same with aloe they're going to help smooth out that cuticle so the shea butter the oils and all those other things yes they have properties for the scalp and the hair but what's really getting inside the hair is going to be more of that water base so that would be my aloe and my rose water that i'm using to really hydrate the hair and then the rest of it is just styling purposes so shea butter i would say gives you style it it softens the hair so it has great properties i wouldn't say be against it i just say make sure that you're looking at the ingredients and it's not just raw shea butter you don't want to just go on with raw shea butter right <laughs> you want to whip that thing up and um oh my god i was going to say something um it was something that you mentioned about um Oh, the porosity. So I've seen some people like take a few strands, put mm -hmm. in a cup of water, see if it flows or see if it sinks. And that kind of lets you know what type yes. of porosity your hair has. So if it floats, you have a Low. lower porosity. Mm -hmm. If it sinks, you have a higher porosity. And if it floats in the middle, you're like normal. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we did this test one time when I went to a class and when my hair will be curly all the time. And it was funny because everybody was stressed out. Like some people had high, some people had low. You know, curly people, my curls used to be popping. So it yeah. was all <laughs> So I kind of was like the cheater in there. But the great thing about the porosity test, which you can do it two ways. First way, just take your raw, dry hair, freshly washed, put it in that cup of water, see if it floats or if it sinks or if it sits in the middle. Then style it. So let's say, let's say it sinks to the bottom. 
So it's super high. Whatever products you use in your hair, after you finish styling it, take another piece out, put it in the water. Does it sink? Does it float? Or is it sit in the middle? Mm. If it sits in the middle, you're using the perfect products. It's keeping a nice balance in that hair. Your cuticle isn't too open. It's not all the way closed. You're still going to have shine. You're still able to manipulate it without creating any damage. So it's getting exactly what it needs. If it sinks to the bottom, you didn't give it enough of what it needs. And if it floats at the top, you probably close the cuticle all the way up, which isn't a necessarily a bad thing because a lot of times we want, some people want less frizz. When I wear my hair curly, when I did wear my hair curly, because I can't now, <laughs> I didn't mind a little bit of frizz. So I was okay sitting in the middle zone. So, you know, that's a great way to test your products also. And if you have low porosity, is it better, like when you use your deep conditioners, is it better to add that heat or steam to it to kind of open it up a little bit? Yes. Okay. Yes, that that enables those products to get in underneath the cuticle. Okay. So your cuticle is just like a top layer. So treat your cuticle like you treat the walls of your house. It protects everything on the inside. So inside your cuticle, you have your cortex and your medulla. A lot of people don't have a medulla. It doesn't need, nobody even knows what it's used for yet in science. <laughs> but your cortex is where everything happens in your hair. That's where your hair color comes from. That's where your protein is being held in. That's where all your nutrients live. So you want to keep that nice and closed. Like closing your door when you go in the bathroom. Like, I ain't trying to have nobody see me. This is my personal time. Treat, treat your hair the same way. So definitely the steamer is going to open it up, allow those nutrients to get into it. And then I always make people wait five to 10 minutes after the steamer finishes so that that natural air, that cooling process is going to start to close that cuticle back down and hold and lock everything inside. Yeah. And I noticed during this interview, you never said 3C hair, 4C hair, mm -mm. all this stuff. So I was told that that is really not a thing. Like, who created this? I forget the guy's name. It was some guy <laughs> on Oprah. Well, I will say it's not a bad thing. It's great for your customer. Your okay. customer, it helps them understand their hair a little bit better and understand the different types of hair. When you're a professional, you should know straight, wavy, curly, kinky. Mm -hmm. And then like the ABC system, it's just letting you know. So for example, straight hair is just a plain one. It don't have no A's or B. Straight is straight. Yeah. Two, you have your two A and B. I would say an A would be a looser wave and a B would be like that deep wave. Then you get into your curlies. You have like that soft curl. Then you have like a deeper curl and a tight curl. And then kinky kind of refers to, I we kind of treat it like if you were wrapping your hair around a pin or like the straw sets back in the day to yeah. get that really tight curl. So it helps the customer understand their curl and what they need. So what that system is used for would be more so understanding the products that you need. So straight hair, for example, is normally super shiny. It's because it's straight. So the hair from the oil from your scalp is able to slide straight down that strand. Nothing is blocking it. But when you're dealing with someone who may have kinky hair where it's a lot of curl into that hair, think about when you get onto, you're going on the highway, you're driving at 70, and then you got to get on that off ramp, but it's a real tight thing. You got to slow down. So those oils aren't able to make it all the way down that shaft. And if they do, it's moving very slowly mm. around that shaft because it's something that's blocking it and slowing it down. They have to make all these curves. So that's letting you know you're probably going to need more moisture. You're probably going to need to use more products where that fine hair person may not need oil at all. Mm -hmm. So it's a great system for the customers. But behind the chair, I don't use that. I just I literally just see what the hair needs. I feel yeah. it. I touch it. I talk to you about what's going on with it. And we go from there. I don't I don't believe in stereotypes. 
<laughs> that's literally what it is. But straight fine hair could be doing the same thing that curly fine hair does. Yeah. So the rules are still going to be the same. I'm going to use a volume shampoo on that person and on the curly person. Yeah. But you have straight coarse hair. And then you have curly coarse hair. I'm going to use the same moisture shampoo and the same deep conditioning mask on you. So, you know, just understanding what the hair needs and how the products work and what you need to do to keep that balance. Absolutely. I love that. Mm, see, we I'm learning something here. I'm glad. <laughs> so is there um, any like final things you kind of want to just kind of tips or tricks or anything to put out there for the people? Uh, who may be, um, you know, thinking about color, style, like, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. I always say when first looking for your stylist, make sure that that stylist matches you in multiple different ways. Obviously, you want somebody who does great color, who does great styling for you, but make sure they have a personality that matches yours. I think it's so awkward. I have this one customer and they love me and I'm not going to say I don't love them, but we don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most awkward situation like <laughs> and she has a lot of hair so it takes me like an hour and a half to two hours to do it and we're literally just silent the whole time i'm right now it's christmas season i'm humming the mariah carey song that i don't yeah. like to hear you know what i mean so make sure that you and your you know your stylists have a good rapport with each other not necessarily a friendship rapport but someone that you vibe with ultimately yeah. make sure that they're knowledgeable that is one thing i always tell students in the school don't let your customers be out here knowing more than you because they'll school you. They you know, what I you mean? know they, they'll Google something quick. <laughs> Listen, they will Google, they will YouTube. And you know, <laughs> not saying that your stylist needs to necessarily know more than you, but make sure there's a balance there. So you're knowledgeable about your hair because you deal with it every day. So they should have knowledge about your concerns. They should be able to give you tips and tricks about what you've been doing that can make it easier. But at the same time, they should be an open ear because you do know your hair. You know what I mean? You know, listen, Quinn, I know you say that shea butter is amazing, but every time I use it in my hair, this happens. Okay, girl, bet. Let's use a mousse today. Let's go with something lighter. They should still be having that good rapport with you. They should be open and honest about things. I don't think you should get color today, girl. Let's do a treatment first. You know what? How did that product work out last time we used it? Did you like it? How, do, how long did your hair last? You know, making sure that they're concerned. I literally, if my customers disappear for too long, I send them your hair misses me text messages. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Not because I want your money. I want your money. But also because I'm really concerned. I want to make sure I have a regimen that I've prepared for you. And if you miss an appointment or something, one, I'm concerned about you as a human. Because a lot of times, like, I'm, I'm on D's book every month. I get my hair shaped, my face shaped up. I'm due for one on Friday. So, like, if I miss an appointment, my stylist is like, are you okay? Did something happen? You know what I mean? Checking. They should have some type of concern for you. And then also, you know, I just want to make sure your color was lasting. I want to make sure how does your hair feel? Has it been breaking anything? So, stylist number one, make sure you have a good stylist that's knowledgeable, that cares about you and your hair. You know what I mean? And that you vibe with. Um, tips and tricks. Less is more. Honestly, less is more. And that... That goes in so many different ways as far as product usage. I remember first learning how to do a silk press. I used to be like, man, my silk presses be bomb. And then my customer would be like, be like well, Quinn, by the next day, it was greasy. Well, I wasn't taking to the account that they were telling me that their hair gets oily naturally. 
So mm-hmm. even though they needed a dot of oil at that moment, I could have used a different cream or a gel to give a, a blended product to give me the result because ultimately I needed that to last for a few more days. You know what I mean? So less is more. Heat. I've been doing the heat test recently. I have on my mannequin, I've gone from 450 down to like 300. I've tested natural people. A lot of times we think we have to press it straight at at least 400 degrees. Almost everybody that I've dealt with recently, I've been able to press them between 350 and 360. Yeah. And, you know, some people, I'm not going to say you don't ever have to go to that 400 or above, depending on the hair texture, but start low. Less is more, less heat. And then if you're not getting the result you want, go up five degrees. And I only say five degrees because flat irons normally go up five degrees at a time. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, take it slow and really learn what it is. Like, I have notes on my customers, like, she needs 380. She needs 340. She actually worked great at 300. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that helps your style last longer. If you put too much heat on it, it's like melting something. Yeah. yeah so if you've ever dealt with like synthetic hair and you try curling it, 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 that curl just goes completely limp. So like the same rule. So less is just always more. And then listen to your stylist and be honest with them. If you lie to us, we are instantly going to find out. And hopefully we find out because your color doesn't change. Or, you know, and not because it melted at the bowl. You know what I mean? So, you know, always be honest. You know, sometimes it's uncomfortable to talk about. So if they're asking you questions about, you know, your health conditions, medical things like that, it's because honestly, it can affect your hair. So if it's something that's more personal, say, hey, listen, when we when we do this consultation, is it okay if we step outside? Can we step to the side? Is there a private one we can talk in, you know, for detailed things, you know, make sure your stylist has somewhere that's private. Like I know right now, some some salons, like my salon is open. Mm-hmm. So if I have somebody who's talking to me about alopecia when trying to book or something of that nature, I say, let's do a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit in your house. I can look at your hair. I can't necessarily touch it, but I can give you some advice, you know, and remember that balance isn't topical. Mm-hmm. So I know you probably have this conversation with your customers all the time. Well, yeah. how do you guys say, do you call them clients, customers? Everything, patients. Everything. Patience. Uh, like everything. <laughs> But, you know, I am a big person when someone tells me they're having a hair issue and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to use biotin or I'm going to grab this. And I'm like, no, just go go to your health provider. Like if my topical treatment isn't working, that's because it's a very temporary solution. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a cut. You still need Neosporin or something to actually heal the cut. You know what I mean? So I say talk to your doctor because biotin now I don't, I'm not going to lie. Like I know everything that's in it, but it has multiple different vitamins in it. Mm -hmm. So what if you only need a vitamin A and now it has vitamin B, C, and D in it. Now you have an overabundance Mm -hmm. of these vitamins. So your body is no longer balanced. So you're going to keep experiencing that if not making it worse. So I say, talk to your doctor. If your scalp is really flaky and dry, you might need to drink more water, but that's my hairstylist opinion. Your doctor may tell you that, hey, this is because of thyroids. Mm. You know what I mean? So make sure, like, everything is a balance in yourself. And your hair is an extension of your inner body. So if you're taking good care of your health overall, then most likely you're going to have that long, luxurious hair that you want. So it's a balance between your treatments and what your stylist is telling you to do for your maintenance, but also a balance between your doctor, the foods that you eat, the things that you put inside your body. Mm. You want to keep it completely balanced. So... Styling tips and stuff, I ain't going front. You can find that online. The best advice I can give you is trying to keep your body healthy overall. And that's going to keep everything else healthy. 
Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right. And so for those of you listening, his Instagram is at stylingboyq, and that's S-T-Y-L-I-N-G-B-O-Y in the letter Q. And if you want to book, if you are in Delaware, you like, if you're not in Delaware and you just want to travel and you want to book an appointment, his website is O, the letter O, the letter K, the letter P, cosmetics with an S, dot square, dot site, and that's S-I-T-E. All right. Well, LaQuinn, hang tight um, and we will go on and close it on out. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Remember to like, subscribe, and share on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Correct.